take over. Oh, please stop. Literally causes me physical pain to listen to your single. <laughs> it's podcast season, baby. All right, sorry, I won't yell. That, gotta, was, that got, was a little loud, too. I gotta be tamed. <clears throat> it's podcast season, baby. Show number Get 26 hyped. with Mike Day, Olympic it, silver medalist, all-around legend of the sport. It's gonna be good to have him on. I haven't talked to him in, like, probably six years. When's the last time you saw him? <clears throat> I, don't I, even, think, I don't remember the last time I saw him. Yeah, I was thinking about that today. I think it was, I think it was 2013. It was a while ago, hey? Yeah, he, like, he, he made a run half, before 2012, right? He made a run to 2012. Yeah, yeah, he was doing... Pretty well, too. Yeah, he was yeah. doing well. And then after that, he sw- switched to mountain biking. He was off, off the scene. I feel like his one of his last races had to have been the Grands in 2013. I could did, be wrong. Did he race the Grands in 2013? I, I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. I'm pretty sure he did. I remember racing him in, at the Disney Cup in Orlando, the indoor one in 2013. Okay. And then I think he raced the Grands that year. I think that must have been his last year. He might have done a few races in 2014, but that was basically his last couple seasons, I think. Did he ever have like a farewell race? Like, did, He never got really good send-off. Really. I don't think so, no. no. He kind of just stopped and just lived daddy life. In fact, we're going to give him one on this show. <laughs> we're going to give him one. This is his send-off. This is the Mike Day retirement show now. <laughs> it might have been Mike, five years ago. But <laughs> this is the Mike Day retirement show. Yeah. So, thanks to Pro Get Europe. Winning starts the Great Gate. I don't know what races went on. Oh, Louisville was this weekend. Connor Fields won both days with a great start. Yes, he did. It was a pro get Europe in Louisville for sure. Pro get Europe. That's the only <laughs> gate they have make in the world, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Go. I got to right, look great. up Jason's ad. For All right. Yeah. Motorsheets.com. They're back on board for this show as well. If you guys don't remember, okay, Webster Brothers and the dad run the company. Uh, they do instant scoring and a host, or instant race scoring, okay? and a host of many other features to make race organization fast and simple. For more information about all their products, check out their website, motosheets.com. We got the shaker bottles we're going to give away. We're doing it this weekend. I've been using them. They're pretty good. They're, they're, they're great. Yeah, yeah. So they got protein shaker bottles. We've been using them to get gains. Yep. Should we give one or two away <laughs> this weekend? Uh, there's a local pro-am this weekend, so I think we'll probably give, yeah, we'll see, one or two. Yeah. Okay. So first, we're gonna... first people, first person to come up and say, I love coffee chatter. Gets yep. a free shaker bottle. Yeah. Don't they have to say like at least one guest on the show? It's fine too. Okay. I mean, yeah. All right. I love coffee chatter and your favorite guest. Yeah. So if you see us at Action BMX on Saturday, okay, come over. I hi. love coffee chatter and your favorite guest on the show. You'll get a free shaker bottle. Courtesy of motosheets.com. Thanks to Berm Academy, Jason Carnes, Berm Academy Tours. When you want to make the most of your BMX experience, check out bermacademy.com for info on their final two rounds of the 2019 season. The golf coast tour that includes the usa bmx sunshine state nationals in sarasota florida and the lone star nationals at the rockstar energy bike park in houston home of the 2020 world championships and the always popular grands tour that hits all of the socal hotspots las vegas the grand canyon and the biggest bmx race on the planet usa bmx grands the berm academy powered by answer bmx and s squared they're taking you on tour i think i think you said the gulf coast did you know that's what it said Oh, nice. The Not the Gold Coast? No, we're not going to Australia. Okay, that's, I was just curious. I don't know why people wouldn't sign up for the Burma Academy. <coughs> you all right over there? No, I'm having a fit. Start calling you Tuan. Sorry, yep. I, don't par- I can't party that hard. I can't be Tuan. Um, but I don't know why people wouldn't join the Burma Academy tour. They got to. <laughs> Seriously, guys, you got to. Did you not hear all those places they were going? That's How badass, badass does that sound? That's pretty unbelievable. The amount of spots you get to see, most people don't get to see that in their lifetime. I know. So. so thanks to those guys on board, keeping the show going. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. So before we get into things... Let's each talk about a memory of Mike Day that we have. Okay. You want me to go first? Go for it. All right. So my memory of Mike Day was uh, Chula World Cup. Uh, I don't know. I think this was 2012. They still the time trials. He made the uh, 
what is it, the super final? And then super final, he was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you remember this? Okay, yeah. down the first straight. I think he messed up the double or the triple. Yeah, he messed. I can't remember. He messed up. He one messed of them. up something, and, and then, then knew he wasn't going to win it. So. Yeah. So at that point, it was the super final. He didn't care. He started floating the second straight. I think he threw like a tee bog over the berm <laughs> or something big. And then down the third straight, he jumped into the third straight slow, landed, and then manualed the entire straight. So sick. And if anybody knows that, like that straight is like deep that's not a manualable straight to do so like that's cool yeah it was pretty badass yeah. he put on a little show for people that was my memory so much skill on the bike yeah he was yeah. The, like my manual king yeah so much skill yeah. on the bike so that was um cool. i remember watching mike and bubba at the aba worlds in 2005 in ontario california just going back and forth i think bubba ended up winning and mike ended up second but all the mains all the rounds they were just going back and forth put on a hell of a show and then the next weekend was the ucl world in paris and Bubba got first, and Mikey got second again, and they put on a show there. Incredible. Really? Yeah. I think Mike even unclipped out of the gate and ended up getting second. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They, were they the same age? I don't know if they're the same age, but I think they must have been pretty close in age because okay. they raced each other a ton. That's pretty cool yeah. duo to have because both those two are legends, and they both know how to like, ride a bike well. Incredibly good. Both of them really good racers. Yeah. Really um, so, yeah, it's one of the things I want to talk to him about, his relationship with Bubba on and off the track because they put on great shows, and I'm, I think they were buddies off the track. That'd be interesting. To I might find be out. wrong, but I think they were friends off the track. That's what we're here for. Let's find out. We got to dig the deets. Yeah, we got to figure this out. But uh, does that mean did he win a world title? No, he got a 2000. I think he podiumed Brazil in 2000. So he podiumed in Paris. He got second. Okay. I think he got third in Brazil in 06. Okay. And then he got a in Adelaide in 09. He got another silver to Donny. Okay, so he's a few. I think he's got three world medals. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's got three world medals. Yeah. yeah. Two silvers and a bronze. Yeah, wow. It's outstanding. That's impressive. Really yeah. impressive. Wow. NBL title, Olympic silver medal. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, not pretty. Not, not bad. bad. Not too shabby. He's a fan favorite. And the first ever, yeah, Olympic silver. Obviously yeah. the first one. Yeah. That, I'll be, let's be interested to talk about that race. Oh, yeah. And like his trials race and him leading and leading up. It's, that's one of the most famous things about Mike Day is like he skipped the world champs in 2008 in China and just stayed at the training center in Beijing because he knew that was going to be his best shot to make the Olympic team. Moto down, practice down, and then won the trials, and then prepped for the Olympics and got a silver. So I want to talk to him about that time frame. That'd be pretty interesting because I think he just hammered down at that track. Yeah, yeah. That people talked about that being like his track, right? That was yeah. his spot. He knew it like the back of his hand. Yeah. So that'll be pretty interesting. To hear. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll yeah. Be fun. I, I'm interested. I think you wrote it in there on the comments that uh, that second turn of the O show. Yes. People talk about that. Like, could he have gone for he it? He could have. Fuck he yeah, was, he could have. He was coming in really hot, like, yeah. on the inside of uh, Maris. I think he could have gone for it, for sure. You think so? Yeah, I think so. You think, it, like, if you were in that situation and you didn't know if you were able to make it without crashing, would you go for it or would you I think like, you just things take over at that point in time. I would think so, too. Um, but. but, yeah, if you have an opening, why wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. But, I don't know. Like, you, you, we don't know. We only saw it on TV. Mm-hmm. So he probably jumped in and he probably, like, likely he didn't see a clean line. So he thought it was the point, which fair enough. It's yeah. the Olympics. You're still going to medal. Yeah, exactly. And if it was like a super risky move, I don't know. That'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, that'd be that'd really be interesting. interesting to hear. People, uh, what's it called? People, some, I don't know, somebody messaged in the comments as well. And we're talking about the first jump there. People don't remember. It was pretty uh, mellow first jump, was it not? It was at the Beijing Olympics? Yeah. Yeah, it was really small, I think. I wonder if they ever thought about pull manual that one. I doubt it. <laughs> I don't think they ever would. Supercross came in and it was all about the big jump. So <clears> yeah, it's probably good. probably still pretty lippy and stuff. Did you ever ride the track? No, no, I was young. I was only like sixteen. Okay, no, because yeah. it looked like it was a pretty cool track in yeah. the sense of like I know it's a Beijing replica of Chula, or whatever, but it actually looked like it was pretty good. Oh, Mike was so good. at Those Olympics in two thousand eight. He Man, was. He, wasn't he? he won every lap except his last semi. 
Really? Yeah, and then... Then he got second. Then he got second in the main, yeah. He had to come out of like three or four or something like that too, I think. I would have thought he would have had inside gate then. He had like lane four or something because I think he got third in his last semi in Beijing. Okay. Um, man, he was fast. But yeah, the second turn. I want to know if he could have gone for it, decided not to, or what? Yeah, let's hear. I wanted to see. It looked story. like he could have. Yeah, let's let's hear that. But that would yeah. be interesting to know. Um, but yeah, you just got back from uh, Tokyo testing Olympic track. Yeah. Do tell, James. As big top secret trick trip over here. Went over to Tokyo to uh, yeah test the Olympic track. There was uh, there ended up only being six athletes over there. Um, I think they had a, f- a trouble getting some a few extra ones. Um, so yeah, it was me, Justin Kimmon, Amadou, and then for the females, it was Sarah Walker, um, Fireballs, Russian girl, Yaroslava Bondarenko. No, 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 Fireballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Natalia, the girl that juggles. Natalia, Afromova. Afromova. Yeah, there we go. One, and one. then uh, Japanese girl, the one Joey coaches. Oh yeah, yeah. Kinoma, Kinema. Oh yeah. Kinami? I apologize. Yeah, Kinami. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, okay. yeah. So, yeah. So that was pretty cool. It's just the six of us riding. We were there for I think a total of. We rode the track three days, and we rode five times in those three days. So let me tell you, it was jam-packed. We didn't have time to relax. It was just get on the track, ride, do what we needed to do. So it was exciting. It was really tiring, though, let me tell you. Yeah, because you had to ride a lot in a few days, probably, and probably had to cram a bunch of riding into the time you were there. Yeah, big time, yeah. Um, so I actually, we did sign a contract to say like we weren't allowed to post photos or videos, so that's why there's no photos or videos of the track, guys. Um, I don't know what I'm allowed to actually say. But let me tell you, though, like... This could be a legal issue, This guys. could be a legal issue. It could be getting uh, a fine from the UCI here. No, but now the track was really tiring. Um, compared to, like, Rio, let's say. It's long, Re- huh? Yeah, it's really long. It's not downhill, so it was exhausting to get around. That was the hardest part, was just trying to put together a full lap. What do you think a lap time um, is there? I don't know. We did a full lap for them, so they would have timed it. But to be honest, the track was still soft in a couple spots. Not to the point that it wasn't rideable at all. Um, just to the point that it was still harder to get around. Yeah. So I think it'll be a longer lap time, so that'll be a burn. But I also just feel like that's also because the track's flat. That's why it'll be so tiring as well. Yeah. I, I came away from that like learning and understanding how much of a difference a little bit of a downhill track makes. Oh, it's makes. huge, yeah. It carries huge, yeah. so much speed. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing. What, what else was I going to talk about at the track? I don't know. What else was good? Was it good? Was it bad? What, what could be improved? To, let's be real. I think, I think compared to Rio, everybody knows the chaos that went on Rio. They're miles ahead. Of where we're okay, going. like technical-wise, is it tech? Uh, I wouldn't say it's very technical. No, no, easy. And I think there's a reason for that because they want racing to be tight, and they don't want to, like it, they don't want to have the big separation between people. So I think they made it a little easier, in the sense that they want it to be a little bit tighter, racing-wise. If that makes sense. Um, hopefully, it does that, and then people don't just go single file. You know what I mean? Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, pretty big jumps, I'd say. Like which good, is cool. Yeah, good size. Good size jumps. Uh, not all of them are very difficult, but a few good size jumps, and especially for the females too, which I think is great. Let them show their bit of their skill. I think that part's awesome. Um, track's good to ride in the rain. One of the days we had to ride in the pouring rain. Let me tell you, it sucked, but it is rideable. Windy? Uh, the place isn't super windy. We had a, a little bit of wind a few of the days. There but was not a storm bad. rolling through, but they made it, so hopefully we can still race it and ride it in the Maybe wind. one of the only Supercross tracks not built in a windy spot. Yeah, it could be. That'd, could be, be. that'd be nice, It's it? kind of on a little bit of an island, but it's like also surrounded by buildings and sky trains, so it's a little bit protected, which is nice. So what I'm hearing is <laughs> it's long, so everyone needs to do lactic. Yep. There's a lot of pedaling. Yep. So gear up, people. Yep. It's flat. Let's go overgeared, people. Yep. Let's go overgeared sprints. Yep. Um, it's a fast gate, so floor it on red. Pro Gate Europe, baby. It's a new one. Oh, let me tell you, it's probably pretty good. It's pretty good. So floor it on red. Yep. Um, it's not super tech, so you don't have to be very skilled. Yeah. 
and then just pin it. Yep. All right. Any other questions? Nope. Good. I think it's pretty good. I think I'm safe with saying all that because there was a photo leaked earlier, and I think 15 BMX shared it as well, and you could see that in the photo. Is there anything challenging on the track? Anything tech? Anything tech. Anything technical. Like, not crazy, but is there anything, like, uh, difficult to get? You have to focus to get, or is it autopilot kind of track? Uh, it depends on... They're, like, the, the second straight, there are a couple lines, so you could make it technical if you want by doing something, like, a different line, but if you stick to the standard line, you can make it basic. What about third and last straight? Is it is it challenging at all, or is it mm, really no. basic? I thought it was pretty basic. Yeah. It's a so. little disappointing that it doesn't have something technical or slightly challenging on it. Yeah, I, that's kind of how I felt going, like when I first saw it. I was kind of hoping for something pretty challenging. And yeah. We were all able to get it sorted pretty quickly. Um, but like I said, there is a reason for that. And I heard a lot of things from the guys there, like Yvonne was telling me and Thomas as well. The UCI guys were telling me why they did some of the things they do. And so there is reasons behind it. So that's really cool. Um, it's not like they're just making this track easy or doing it a certain way just because. They want to keep our sport... Uh, let's say healthy within the Olympic Games, and by the sounds of it, doing this is meeting the criteria that the Olympic people are accepting. Us okay. If that well, makes sense. Fair enough. Does that make sense? Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, actually, let's. I'm quick. I know we're going to move on, but give a shout out to the UCI UCI people for doing this. I just want to say that because compared to what happened in Rio in 2016, I think it's really cool that they've stepped up and they've said, hey, we want to make sure this is good. Oh Let's yeah, that was a, that, we all know that was a disaster. Right? It was, so, right? Yeah. So to it's see them do this, shit show, yeah. to see them do this, I think it's awesome. It's a good yeah. step forward. Yep, yeah, for sure. And I hope the people, um, the building stuff, listen to the input you guys gave and improve it even a little bit more for yeah. this fall and also obviously for next year. Yeah, I think I told you too, I think I had a hard time when I was there is just deciding what was personal preference over like on a jump. Versus what yeah. I think actually worked well. You got to be pretty objective. Yeah. So I took like a couple days to figure out like, okay, realize that I really, some of these jumps I would personally rather have different, but it doesn't mean the track didn't work at all. Mm -hmm. So that's how There's obviously can... a difference between like what you like and what's good. Cause it could be good, but you might not like it. Exactly. Like I yeah. personally, I like a berm <clears throat> jump track. Yeah. This one doesn't have it. Doesn't mean it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Leave the track design to them and then just make whatever they have good. I think is the best way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully they are able to take our advice and do that. All right, so the first of two Sullivan social media check-ins. I was talking to Liam, and also for all of you that saw his post this morning, um, it's about people being interested in joining the World Cycling Center BX team in Egla, Switzerland. So I guess they'll be running a camp from September 28th to, no, October 28th. Mm -hmm. October 28th to November 11, uh, 1st. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, I was just mixing up the numbers. <laughs> mm -hmm. October 28th to November 1st. And it's to identify future talent. So applications are open to everyone, male, female, the best in the world, or a young up-and-coming athlete. So put your hand up if you're interested. And then I guess there's a fill-in form in his bio mm -hmm. that you can look, or I'm sure you can contact him about it for more information. And you'll have the opportunity to train at a world-class facility alongside world-class athletes for the week. You'll then be considered to join the World Cycling Center BMX team in the future. And the deadlines for the applications are Friday, the 13th of September. And you must be 16 years old on October 28th. So that's a pretty cool opportunity. I mean, just to go there and train for a few days would be really cool at the center. Obviously, it's a beautiful facility, good track. Liam's there, and you have great riders. And to be on that team would be, a, I think, a great, um, probably a good change for a lot of people. I think that's huge. Yeah. Honestly, people listening, <clears throat> if you're in a situation where you don't really have a program or anything like my hands up right now when tori said put your hand up if you're interested my hands up liam if you're if you're you're listening to this i'm interested i think you guys got a great program going on so yeah anybody that's you know looking for something send an application in 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, have you seen the facilities they have to use? They, their track is amazing. They just got a new gym there. It's fantastic. Switzerland seems really nice. Yeah. Um, I think Liam would be a great coach, too. He seems like it. Yeah, I think he'd be an awesome coach. It seems like he's very precise with what he does, and I think that's what makes him and his riders so successful now. Yeah. Um, so that's a good opportunity, people. Go and, and try it out if you're interested in joining the world cycling team. Question, do you have to attend the camp to be selected? Probably do. Good question. That's a good question. Liam, if you're listening, it's a question. If it wasn't for him in uh, Europe, we could call Liam right now. Yeah, we won't do that, though, because you have a kid, and we we don't know if it's going to wake you. He might be up. up. Baby might be crying right now. (laughs) (laughs) If this was live, he might actually be listening. Who knows? (laughs) But yeah, check it out. Check out Liam's post. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, by the way, that's Liam Phillips, people. In case you were wondering. In case there's any confusion. In case you didn't know who the coach was. Um, second social media check-in. Go ahead, James. All right. So this one's going to be a little, it's a little touchy, but I'm going to bring it up. So this one, Sylvan posted on his story as well. For people that didn't see the race in uh, Louisville this weekend. By the way, we didn't talk about Louisville. Who cares? Who cares? It's a fine. Who it's cares? just Louisville. It's Louisville. Connor won, Felicia won. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for anybody saw, like there was a post about the uh, women that had like an absolutely chaotic crash down the hill and over the first jump. And I know this is like, it's a little bit of a freak incident the way that one happened, but I kind of feel like some of the females in the sport, women in the sport, um, men too, men have this as well. They need to learn how to pull the brakes a little bit sometimes when they're getting cut off, slow up and just clear the jump instead of running into the person in front of them, getting tangled and causing a crash. Yeah, that crash was gnarly. It, like, that crash was a very, like it was an exception that was extremely gnarly. Like, if everybody didn't see it like, People were flying off the first jump, like left, right, and center. I think four or five people crashed. You know, um, I, I think from what I've seen, like I especially, for instance, a good example, like Romain had a bad start in the main on from lane three. He yep. didn't try and blow through Connor in two. He was behind, like he mm-hmm. needed, he hit his brakes. And that's honestly what you need to do. I think I think in our racing and men's racing, it typically happens more. A guy gets cut off and lets off because where are you going to go? Yeah, and that's, that's kind of what I'm, I feel like too. And I think it's... Sometimes when I feel like I'm watching the, the, the women, that it doesn't always happen. And I, 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 I get scared for them sometimes because one of them will be coming over. Maybe they come over a little more aggressive than we do, I, yeah. I feel like. I think you're right. I don't think they break as yeah. often as the guys would. And I understand like they, there's a jump for you to clear, so you have to keep speed. But there is a way to slow up enough that you can still clear the jump and be in the race instead of running in and causing a crash. Yeah, of course. Especially with Supercross, like if you get cut off where are you gonna go yeah you there's there really there's like no, eight people you need on the to hill let off pedal and then yeah. kind of find a way or catch back out because if someone's cutting you off you you gotta let off really unless you, unless you want to crash yeah like yes a few of the times hope, you will hope be able, all those riders are okay that was gnar that was scary yeah and that's wow. why that's kind of like the exception that it's just like ridiculous yeah. but because that stuff does happen sometimes whatever it happens in all yeah, categories yeah we it know does. that junior men whatever but yeah. Okay. But did you see the junior men one? I did not. See okay. It. So these junior men need to learn how to show a little respect to one another. Like, what did you do? Okay. Do tell. Okay. Um, I, I actually don't know who the riders were or else I would say their names. But whoever That'd was be in. It's so fun to call them out. Okay. Yeah. So somebody was coming over from eight. They were coming over hard. Whoever was in <laughs> one was moving to the outside. So they came off the lip and everybody was just moving into a pinch box. And it's like. Bro, what are you? No fear. What are you doing? Like you're gonna eat shit. Like you're gonna take somebody out. Somebody's gonna hit your back wheel midair off the lip. You're gonna eat shit. Are you trying to crash them? Like just, just go straight. It's super crushed. You, 
You don't just do NFG, that. NFG, huh? You do not do that. Just complete NFG. Oh my gosh. I feel like in the elite men's class, okay, I feel like there's a little more respect. There is. There really is. There is there not? Yeah, there is. Yeah, and I understand junior, yeah, okay, you're a little bit wild. You're going for it. You're trying to prove yourself. We all yeah, are so that's sport. There's always that kind of stuff. And junior racing is always kind of like that. Yeah, I agree there is. But that it got to the point I saw that and I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? I know. I feel like I feel like an elite, I mean, if you're going to get cut off, it's usually before the kink. You don't usually get swiped down the ramp. And even if you are getting, like, there's a good, you can tell if you're getting cut off down the hill too. You can tell the guy's got an elbow and you're like, okay, I need to just pull up a bit right now. Yeah. So when I saw those two crashes, I was like, yeah, this has got to go on the the show. (laughs) So like, (laughs) I can't go undiscussed. No, no. People got to hear this. I don't want to see the women crash so much. Okay. Like it's scary for me to watch when this happens. Supercross is dangerous. Okay. We need to like just, you know, maybe just feather those brakes like once if you're getting cut off, maybe float the jump and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, you're really fine. in those situations, all I have to do is a lot of time, don't even need to brake sometimes, just let off, yeah. let off a touch and then start pedaling again yeah. and get back in it. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know this happens in guys too, but I just, yeah, this one sure. came up, so I thought I'd throw it in there. So. Yeah. That was something. So Mike Day. <laughs> <laughs> so we got back to the, uh, the highlight of our podcast. Yeah, somewhere uh, deep in Simi Valley or somewhere in California, Mike Day's about to answer our call. Mike Day, how's it going? What's up, fellas? How are you guys? Good, good. Good, good. how are you? Yeah, good. Just hanging. Man, it's been a long time since I've seen you. I think it's been like six years, probably. Like five years? Yeah, kind of. Uh, I kind of got into you know stage two a little bit with kids and <laughs> a nine to five. So uh, the whole BMX lifestyle is kind of... Uh, kind of old news on this end where are you working now what are you doing uh right when i got out of racing i uh i i always had this like when i was in high school and took a couple years in college uh i wanted to be an architect so i uh i did a lot of autocad classes and stuff like that and then uh, when i got out of when i was looking for a job kind of some friend of a friend kind of a weird situation that uh I started working for the civil engineering company doing all their CAD drafting and I just kind of took, took it to it and really loved it. So now I'm, uh, I'm a few years away from my civil engineering license. Oh, right on. That's Man, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of been my, my focus as of late. Man, that's cool. You, you, you found something that you like to do and you can make a living at it. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I mean, obviously you guys don't know yet, but, that whole transition out of doing something that you're super passionate about and trying to find something else is kind of daunting, to be honest. So I'm glad that's over. Kind of got the new phase and the new goals. So it's kind of a uh, it's, it's it's been good actually. Yeah. Do you do you enjoy being retired and stuff, or do you miss it at all? Uh, like I miss. Yeah. There. Oh yeah. Definitely. I miss it. Like like the butterflies and like. You know that stuff you just don't get at a regular nine to five. You know what I mean? Like, like that feeling of like you know right before you're you know you have a hard semi. I don't you know it's like hard to get those again. So I miss that. I kind of miss I miss traveling and I miss like the camaraderie with the guys and stuff like that. But I don't miss like the five a.m. Sunday mornings in, at some shitty restaurant in the middle of the country. <laughs> You don't miss going to the Waffle House at like 6 a.m. in Tulsa? <laughs> yeah, and Bob waking me up because, you know, I'm 15 minutes late. But, uh, yeah, I, I do miss it, though. Yeah, I, 
I had some I had some good times. This is how you know you've been out of the sport for a while. We don't do Sunday mornings anymore. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> when when was so Mike? When was it actually that you uh, like finished racing and retired from the BMX racing side of things? Uh, to be honest with you, I pretty much checked out after Olympic trials in 2012. I I hung on for like another year or so, but that race kind of deflated me. And uh, I kind of tried to do the mountain bike thing, and uh, I just kept getting hurt, and it just didn't, it never, I never kind of got traction going with it. And then that was right about the time I had kids, and it was just like, you know, all signs were uh, were headed towards doing something else. So your last, like, I remember racing in 2013, I think, at the Disney Cup, and then the Grands, was that, do you race, you still race a bit in 2014 though, right? Yeah, I to be honest, with you, I don't even really remember my last BMX race. But I probably did a couple in fourteen, but not. I don't think too many. Yeah, yeah. At that point, you were kind of transferring over into mountain bike and kind of over it. At that point. Yeah, I, I was. I was. I knew. Like, I mean, I kind of did it at the end there just to try to make Olympics, and I knew I wasn't going to do another four years because that, that was just not happening. So, I was. I was out of it mentally i feel like that's kind of first to first to go when you get older like yeah you get out of it mentally before the skills go away yeah i, I mean i still love riding mm-hmm. i still ride all the time i mean i don't ride my 20 inch but i mean i could still yeah i still got some i still got the skills <laughs> you still you still follow like the races at all do you watch any world cups or anything like that yeah i mean uh yeah, I, I, I still watch them, and I, I, to be honest with you, I catch most of the highlights on Instagram. Yeah. But uh, I don't, like, you know, I'm not watching, like, you know, round of 16s or whatever you guys do now the day before and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> you know, I definitely like- watch. I love watching the Worlds. Um, yeah, I still watch it. I still keep up with it. Yeah, if you watch Worlds, you probably saw Twan do the pull manual on the first jump. Would you do that back in, like, if that was in your day, would you do the pull manual? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Of course, would of course you would. Yeah. Manu- of course, Manuel King. Yeah. Manuel King. <laughs> but Tawan, he 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 lit that shit up in the main. He was super fast, huh? That that first straightaway was pretty damn impressive. I'm not gonna lie. We were saying like that's got that's got to be one of the more dominant world's first straight hole shots of all time. I, mean, I don't that, know. Like Maris's, what was that Poppendall where he just completely crushed everyone? That, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think it was that level, but it was pretty damn close. Yeah, especially at the Worlds, because World Cups, everyone's close, but I find at the Worlds, everyone's level raises, and everyone's that much tighter even at the Worlds compared to a World Cup. Yeah, and he, he lit that first straightaway up. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, yeah he thought he'd, he'd play popping up. Yeah, it was really impressive, yeah. yeah. Um, that, second, that second straight was a bit ugly, but we'll, we'll let it slide. <laughs> we'll let it slide. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it kind of like, since you retired, obviously you still follow the sport a bit, but... Did you have to like? Did you feel like you had to get away for a bit and kind of separate it yourself a little bit more because you'd been in it so long and at such a high level? Uh, I just did it. I kind of picked chose that because I just had kids and got married, and then it was done, and I was trying to find something else. So it wasn't like I kind of chose not to be hanging on, but like if I'm not in it, I want to be invested in something else. You know, I want to have that that drive to do something else and it just wasn't in cycling at that point and so i mean a lot of people think i just checked out but 
especially when you have twins right out the gate, it, it kind of <laughs> changes your uh, your game plan a little bit. That's a handful right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how that old they are. Like, right at the time where like you know you're kind of you're not getting paid anymore it was kind of a bit stressful at that time to be honest yeah i can imagine it would be especially with the family have you got your kids into the sport uh my little daughter she she could care less about riding her bike my little (laughs) dude loves riding his bike yeah so yeah we're he just got on pedals we're we're cruising you know not at the track or anything but the city just put in a pump track across the street from my house, so we're down there a couple times a week. Where's your house now? Where do you live? I'm in Thousand Oaks. Oh, yeah, that's where my girlfriend's family lives. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so I guess getting into your career a bit, um, when you first came into Elite, you came into Elite on stats, right? Yep, yep. 2002 was my first uh, my first year. How were the first few years racing double A in the U.S.? Because obviously they didn't have Supercross or anything back then, so the focus for you guys would have just been the ABA and the NBL circuit, right? Yeah, and I I wasn't very focused. I mean, I didn't like it wasn't it wasn't like you guys. You know, you're like, like you're you're brought up on like I'm going to the Olympics. Like that wasn't the Olympics wasn't even around. So I was like, eh, I'll race single A, make a couple bucks. You know, I wasn't like hell-bent on trying to race double a i mean i just like driving my bike i was at the skate park in the trails more than i was at the bmx track when i was <laughs> first couple years at double a so i didn't even go into a gym until like my third season man oh how wow. times have changed seriously yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get serious until like oh five so it was just different then i mean and kind of i bet funner for i mean the average kid growing up now it's like you're going to the olympics like you're probably not going to the olympics let's be honest <laughs> it's just yeah, it is, so. there's only like yeah not many people get to go to the olympics yeah. yeah and it's like not that and you should still enjoy doing it like i like all these kids are just taking it way too damn serious right out of the gate and i think it's more obviously the parents but yeah uh yeah so it was totally totally way different than what you guys are going through yeah we we talk about this a lot like me and james but mm-hmm. i don't like your sole purpose shouldn't just be go to the olympics like race and enjoy and have fun even if you don't go to the olympics and you own race pro you can still have a pretty good pro career without going to the olympics that's just yeah. one race every four years yeah you know yeah, i think it's like and then you know everyone's like peaking for this race and peaking for that it's like it got like to the point of being like we're riding around pits and these stupid ass seat posts <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like ridiculous. Like I did, I got to a point where I, I didn't like it for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different sport than I think it was back then. Cause like you, like you said, nowadays kids are growing up, going to the gym all the time and they're forgetting about the skills of just riding their bikes. And I think that's what made you and like all the guys of that era so much, I will say better on their bike. Cause you guys rode all the time and you weren't in the gym when you were 15. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I don't see, like, kids having – I mean, I, obviously, I know there is kids that, like, ride and have fun and do all that stuff, but I don't I, – I just feel it's much, much, much different than it was. Especially because and, – And to race, like, a supercross track without, like, proper skill and just a lot of horsepower is, like, a recipe to get seriously broken. Oh, it's just – it's scary. Yeah, it is. It's scary, yeah. It's cr- and I see, like – and I watch a lot of the supercross races. It's, like, you could tell that he's – you know, grown up on box sprints. Yeah, you can totally, you, know you I mean? can, yeah, you can totally tell, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's got to be a bit of a balance, but uh, I guess they're still trying to figure that out. Yeah. It's crazy for your generation too, because like you came in, say, 2002 or three, 
and you start racing the in the U.S. and just and also going to the trails and that kind of stuff. And then that was the beginning of your, of your career. And by the end of your career, you're in full-on Supercross mode with tall seat posts and doing all this stuff. Like you went through a huge change went, in your career. I went, uh, I went full circle. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, you really did. That's not an easy I, uh, transition. I went from downhill. I, I mean, I, I think I was the only guy. I guess Donnie did too, but I raced X Games and and Olympics. Oh yeah, that's man. so cool. Yeah, yeah, X Games. That's so cool. How was that? So, so I went. Yeah, I I preferred that. I thought the downhill racing was super fun. Yeah, you liked it. Obviously, I, I think the tracks were ridiculously expensive to build and not really like feasible. But that that was the funnest racing for me. I think out of any any of the races, I think the downhill stuff was was the funnest for me. That's because it's the le- least amount of pedaling, the biggest jumps you can get. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't need a 1-2-3. <laughs> so when you started taking it serious in 2005, is that is that the year you won the NBL title? Yeah, to be honest with you, like I started training a little bit at the, that, the, that year. It was more towards the end of that year when I started taking it serious because I was like, well, damn, I'm winning. I, I, won a, like, I probably won like four or five NBL. No, I probably won three or four NBL races that year. And then I ended up winning the title, and it wasn't really – I wasn't really training that hard or properly. <laughs> and, and like, it just kind of, I was having fun. I think that has a lot to do with it. I think, like, you know, if you think you're training right and you believe you're doing it right and you're having fun, like, a lot of things could work your way. Yeah, it's, just, it's that mental side. If you feel yeah. like you're doing yeah. the right thing, things are going to click. And you're happy and, yeah. But it, when you're, like, training and you're stressing and you're still getting pulled is when you're really, really <laughs> in a then you just then you get worked with the race. You're in the pits. You're hot and pissed. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what am I doing here? Yeah. You're, ch- you're calling. You're calling the travel agent trying to get a flight home on Sunday morning. <laughs> I need to book this flight. I need to get home ASAP. I need to get back to the gym. <laughs> yeah. So there's uh, I think that 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 whole NBL year, I was just having like, I just had fun. So, and then I was after that, I was like, man, I should probably take this a little serious so then that's when i hired me and greg started working together and i think i built the engine over the next year and it and i and i sucked that whole 2006 season i sucked but i was training really hard and then that was when it was super frustrating yeah but but looking back like i needed that year to kind of build to have a good seven and eight and 2005 like i remember watching you and bubba at the ABA Worlds in Ontario, you guys got first and second, and then you went to Paris and got first and second as well. Uh fucker. <laughs> I mean, he beat me both times. I, I did win Friday at Ontario, and uh, I thought I was like, I, I, I always liked Ontario. I mean, I always liked weird tracks that had a bunch of turns, and and that track kind of had, that was, that was kind of my style. But, yeah, Bubble... Those three years or four years, Bub was just on another level. Yeah, I didn't realize you guys like grew up racing each other or like had some such good battles and stuff. And Troy just said like, were you guys buddies too at the time? Still racing each other like that? Yeah, we were always. Yeah, me and Bub been buddies since we we're. I mean, since we were like eleven and twelve. Oh, that's pretty so cool. So it was like, yeah. yeah, it was more. And then like the night he won worlds and I got second, man, that was that was a fun night. I can imagine. <laughs> Get on the podium with a buddy. Yeah. But you guys had you guys put on such a good show because I was there. I was only like thirteen, and you guys rode so fast. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, 
Yeah, but Bub, Bub was definitely those that those red line years. He was he was on another level than everyone else. What was it like racing him in his prime? Uh, <laughs> I remember just being on the gate. It's like, all right, Kyle Bennett, couple golf claps. <laughs> Warwick, he'd get a couple, you know, thumbs up from ATI Pete in the in the stands. And then you know, Robert would get a couple laughs. Thunder, Thunder Dan would get a couple cheers, and then the place would go nuts over Bubba. And then the next guy, oh, a couple laughs, you know, a couple cheers. So it was like, and it didn't matter where Bubba was. All you heard was Redmond. Where's Bubba? At? Here he comes. <laughs> So it was like, you're always racing. It's like, oh, Jesus, here he comes. But it was when I didn't make the main and would watch him, it's like, damn, it, it was it was impressive. I think, I think you two are one of my favorite people to watch, like, back in the day. Like, the, the skill you guys had on the bike and the way you worked it was, like, unbelievable. Yeah. And I think it was because we rode together all the time. I mean, me, him and my dad, his, you know, Berlin and my dad, we would always, we were always riding together and it, like on the weekends we were together and then I did a lot of summer tours with Berlin. So I think me and Bubba rode together so much that we kind of had the same, the same skill set. We never wanted to like, you know, some rhythm sections, like he did something, I did it or I did it and he did it. You know, it was like, we always kind of one upped each other. So it was, it was, it was good for our skills for sure. I, ra- I, I, I raised Bubba a bit at the end of his career and man, it sucks to have him behind you in like a semi or something. <laughs> Yeah, because he's not scared. He's hitting someone with his head too, like headbutting some people. <laughs> he t- and he just he he has he rides such a wide bike around the track, and he's so crafty. Yeah, and he and he yeah he's super tactical. Like he 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 saw it differently than most people. Like, and he could see things like way in advance, so he kind of knew where to be at the right time and stuff. It's not a matter of if he's gonna, if he's going to try. He's going to make it work. <laughs> Oh yeah, and if he's not, you're going over the turn. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going down in the situation. But you're right. Like I remember, I, I don't think I've ever heard a rider erupt a crowd like Bubba has. No, never. Like even at the world and stuff in Paris, they went fucking wild for Bubba. Really? Yeah, yeah it's uh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Even to this day, I don't think anyone. Happen. And but and 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 you know, Redmond did a good job of hyping him up. Yeah, he did for sure too. Yeah. yeah. Redmond's got a select but, few that he really he gets into it and then the crowd knows. Yeah, the crowd does. Corbin, know. Corbin's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Bub, Bub was one. You knew when he was behind you, he was coming yeah. or where he was coming at. I was in I was in DeSoto in like 2012 and this I was racing Bubba at the end of his career. And I was going through the rhythm <laughs> section in fourth. And I just hear the announcer, and here comes Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> I just started swerving left to right. <laughs> Oh, the last person you want behind you. Yeah. Yeah, especially fifth in a semi, and that last turn, it's like, oh, Jesus. Oh, fuck. Where's he coming? Yeah. You're going over the turn. Uh, So, obviously, like, as you got, kept going in your career and stuff, like, when did you first start riding Supercross, or when did that kind of come into effect? When was your first Supercross race? I did the first one at, I think the first one was at, um... San Jose? Was San Jose, yeah. Yeah. So, I did that one, and I remember I was pulling all day. And Bob cut me off right out of the gate in the final. What a dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he was all... Bob had some pretty good mentals in his... He was always like... He'd be like, you know, third all day and then come to main time. He, he knew how to mentally turn it on. So he... I always respected Bob Grayson. And I always, tra- I mean, traveled with him on dads for a few years. He's, he was a good dude. But he cut me off pretty legit in that main. You guys ra- uh, race on GT together? 
Is that what it was? Stats. Stats. stats? Yeah, stats. Yeah, stats. Okay. When did you switch to GT, by the way? Side question. Uh, 07. Okay. It was a little bit later. Okay. Yeah, yeah 07. And that was, a year, that was a year he went to Redline, I think. Okay. Yeah. When did you, like, um, Supercross obviously came into effect and whatnot and stuff. Like, when did you start having success on it? Or did you feel better? Like, did you feel Supercross suited you better than regular BMX when you started racing it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I was over, I mean, I've been, I guess, a bit critical on a lot of the tracks because that shit was boring for a while. I agree, yeah. Mm-hmm. The tracks are paint. Like, I watched a lap at South Park this year and I was so disappointed in how that track is. The now. tracks, a lot of the tracks, the US BMX circuit are so boring that you just ride on autopilot. Now they took away the, the two big jumps on the third straight at South Park Yeah, it's Park like too, the right? one big jump that you jump all year that you, it could be 10 feet longer or 15 feet longer because yeah. you're hauling ass. Yeah, yeah, true. They make it, they make it half the size. It's like, what the fuck? Like why? You know, yeah. we don't need that. Okay, our sports dangerous. Let it be dangerous. And last I'm sorry. time, last time I rode there, the second straight was so small. You're going fast. It's actually kind of scary. Is it? Yeah, it was yeah. so small and kind of sketch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, that was like I was right at the point where I kind of wanted, like I had a little of the downhill stuff. I loved the downhill stuff, and I got sucked back into the game stuff. That was all you could do. And then the Supercross came along, and it was like just what I needed to get kind of remotivated, and it was fast and big jumps and and it was it was red so i got super hooked on that and uh and that was kind of that that pretty much was kind of my focus i never really did very well at it to be honest with you i mean i had a couple of decent rounds but i just enjoyed it much more yeah how gnarly were the the due tour salt lake city ones and san jose and stuff those tracks look burly it's funny you, you say that, but that, that, uh, which one, London replica track, I still think in, in Chula oh, is that the one. most gnarly track. That one was really gnarly. Yeah, the second straight. Even that third straight, like, I never, I always thought I was pretty skilled. That, I always, like, I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I always felt like I was riding the bull through that straight away. And if, so that, the, the early Supercross tracks were, like, kind of tighter and, like, they're almost, like, ABA tracks a little bit bigger, but with a big ass hill. Okay. Whereas that outdoor London track is fucking gnarly. And then you you want to triple out in, into the last turn, and so you go into the third straight thinking I'm gonna fucking triple out, <laughs> and you're just like going two two two, and you got to hit that little step down perfect, and then yeah. lift and pop perfectly. It's so tight. Yeah, you just look at that track, and you're just like, holy shit! It's like it's it's yeah that track that track always kind of scared me. Yeah, because most of the Supercross tracks, like when you guys race them say, pre-Beijing or whatever, we're all kind of like Copenhagen and that, weren't they? Yeah, they were kind of tamer. Like, even, like, the Beijing replica track, like, when Tom first built it, it had some kickers, and it had that, like, quad into the first turn that was, like, kind of lippier. Yeah. And it it had that little double at the bottom of the hill that had kind of had a little kick to it. But nothing, uh, that was kind of, I always thought that was the best track. Yeah, that one was always really good the, for it. The first generation one, or like what it ended up being in like 2010? Like the, no, like the middle generation one I thought was the best. When okay. it had like World Cups like 09 to 11 was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that track was like good racetrack. It was passing. Like that one out, the London one is so damn big. 
you can't like you can't go faster than the guy next to you. No, and and nobody like, wants to. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you can't like it's so hard to pass on that track. Whereas as Beijing, you can kind of at least like you can make some passes. I yeah. thought that was a better racetrack. They, they nailed it with that one with the size because like the jumps, you still need to keep speed to make them, but they're also small enough that if you like messed up the step up of the first turn, you're gonna get passed. Like so, yeah. that, they they nailed it with that one for sure. Yeah. So. I think they're still experimenting. It's like, well, can we go a little bit bigger? And then I think they kind of hit their max where it was like, all right, we went. I think we went a little bit too big. Yeah, because it was still so new back then. Like, you guys were the pioneers for it, really. Yeah, yeah and Tom was always trying to come up with some funky-ass ideas. So <laughs> it could, It's kind of crazy you guys went from just riding ABA tracks to here's Supercross. Yeah. <laughs> like, now it's, kids are starting Supercross so young that they're so used to it. I know. That, that is the craziest thing, like junior devo camps where they're like doing time training down the hill it's like what the hell <laughs> i know or it's like even when i first started riding supercross my first one was in 2009 like there was only a few around the world so the only time you really got to ride one was at the race and so i went to my first supercross race having never even seen a supercross track yeah and that's how that's how we were for like the first couple years yeah you just you, you ride your local night and then just roll up to a world cup track that's twice the uh, size yeah <laughs> and then yeah, you also Talking about, let's put gears on our bikes and all this weird shit. Like, nah, 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 let's not do that. And then, like, you guys also had to, you just had an hour and 25 minutes to learn the track. We couldn't, you couldn't go, like, two weeks before and ride it every day like yeah. we all do now, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I heard, like, I heard that last world, like, did a lot of people camp out there for a long time and, and get that track all dialed yeah. in? Oh, my gosh. Every World Cup, every World Champs now, everybody rides for a month before. The tracks yeah. are the same, so everybody everybody rides a track before and knows it's it. It's a bit lame. Like the art of actually learning a track in practice time is not really relevant anymore. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah, especially because it rewards the better riders who can learn a track quickly. So it's even more impressive that Elise went over there because I, I would assume she didn't probably head over there early, right? Uh, they did actually after. Well, not right before the Worlds, but they. I guess her and Sam went after. A World Cup, maybe, or something. I don't know, but they, they didn't have a training camp on it like every other Euro. Team. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, like the, I mean, if you're a lot of the Euros, I think went, they can just drive there, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Damn. Hmm. So, in your career, 2008 rolls around. What's the beginning of like 2008 for you? Um, it was kind of stressful. Like everyone, you know, no one knew, no one knew Olympics, so we didn't really couldn't call anyone or like talk to anyone. You're like living at the training center and all these other athletes and you're, you know, it was just different. Like I, I was kind of froze out for a little while and then Kyle was smoking everyone on the normal tracks, the way we qualified. Cause there wasn't enough supercross tracks to qualify on supercross tracks. So I was kind of stressed out. I was like, how the hell am I going to make this team? Donnie had a couple supercross wins. So I kind of knew he was the coach's pick. So I kind of knew my only way to really make it was win trials. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that that would have so, been a lot of pressure on that one race. Yeah. So which was obviously super you, stressful. So like how long before that did you decide to skip the worlds in China and just focus on the trials? Once I knew, once I knew Kyle had already wrapped it up and I knew Donnie was going to get the coach's pick. Just because he had, he just had better results, and he was he was going good that year. He won he won a couple of those World Cup rounds. Yeah, yeah. I I probably about three and a half, three or four. Yeah, probably a month before Worlds. I didn't tell anyone. I just 
I just, me and Greg talked about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't think, you know, I'll just stay home. Because our trials was like, they got home on like a Tuesday or Wednesday from China eating some weird ass food. <laughs> and we raced that like, you know, like a week after that. So I was like, you know what, this, it just made sense to stay home. Yeah. So what, what was your prep like in that? You know, the time leading up to the trials, what'd you do? Like, did you replicate the format or what kind of stuff did you do? Oh yeah. I, I totally nerded out on the formula. Like we knew, we knew the, we knew the format. I, I ran that format probably 10 times before the actual race. Holy shit. Like Jeez. every week, right? Every Saturday morning, the day that we had raced, I, I knew when I was going to like eat breakfast, when to warm up, I had it calculated to the minute. Fuck. That's awesome. Yeah. So like, and I like, I've never, like, I never said, I mean, I wouldn't say this to anyone, like, I'm being cocky, because I, I never thought I was a very arrogant dude, but I knew I was winning that day, and that was the only time I've ever felt like that, I had, like, I never was, you know, I was never pulling regularly, that, I knew that day, I, I just had a feeling, like, I knew I was winning. Yeah. Yeah. You and put, was, put and that I think it was in. more, like, mentally, like, you know how they always, like, sports psychologists, like, oh visualize this and you know you can like i saw myself winning that race for like six weeks before that damn thing fuck it's awesome damn. Yeah, yeah i knew where my dad was gonna sit like i had all this <laughs> shit planned in my head like it was the craziest fucking thing and it and it i swear it worked like straight to the t so every saturday you just get up have breakfast run the exact schedule like you do the time trials the three laps or were you doing it by yourself or what i was doing it all by myself and I knew, like, I did breakfast, I did my warm-up, I did my cool-down, I did the full lap. I'd sit down for, you know, five, ten minutes, and me and G just kind of had it worked out. Like, all right, you're up. Like, start warming up. And I swear to God, like, the day of the race, I knew, like, I knew how I'd felt. Like, it was, I was straight, you know what I mean? Did you have any hiccups on the day after all that, like, good prep into it? No, because we kind of talked about, like, you know, obviously – you know, they say 30 minutes in between each moto, you know, they're running a race. They got some crack, you know, Steven crashed pretty hard that first round. Mm -hmm. So I knew that there would be like delays, but I knew it wouldn't be sooner than what they said. So we kind of played out some scenarios and like, like I even got to the point where like, I knew how slow I could jump the first step up out of the first turn if I like, got balled up in the first turn. <laughs> yeah, so like you could ride the track if you got cut off, if you're going fast, any situation. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought everything through on that race and like, it, it and it worked like exactly how I thought it was gonna work. It was, it's, that, that right, race that. still trips me out when I think about it. So like you, yeah, you literally like, you're prepared in every possible situation. Were you even nervous for the race? Yeah, obviously, like, good energy, like, yeah, good butterfly yeah, yeah. But I was pulling, too, like, right then. I knew I was, like, going good, too. Did like, I didn't even pick, I didn't pick gate one. I picked, and with Bubba crashing, I knew that there was going to be an open gate. Oh, yeah. And I'd let those guys pick the inside, and I kind of, I always picked, I picked six, and no one ever picked seven on the outside of me. So I kind of had a free gate, so... Yeah, it kind of it, it worked out. That's, yeah, it worked out. I got room to shift and fucking bingo, bango, bongo. Did you? <laughs> and I didn't. We didn't even have to run the the, fi the finals because like they're the point, the way they had yeah. the points, all that set up. I don't even. I, I kind of forget how they calculated it, but we didn't even need to run the final. Did you do much visualization before the race too, like in your prep? 
Yeah. Yeah, I started working like at the training center. They had a sports psychologist, and and I had talked to him for like a couple months leading into that race, and we did all kind of visual stuff, and that was the yeah, like I said, the most prepared I've ever been, hands down. Must have been gnarly too, racing Olympic trials just in general, because that was the first Olympics BMX had been in, so none of you guys had prior experience to a situation or a race like that. Yeah, I think like mentally, just knowing like you know if you're completely prepared it's like you can't really you have no regrets right so you're you have nothing to lose right i mean you did everything you possibly could and if you lose you got beat by someone better yeah man that's you can awesome live with that. you can live with that but it's the races where you you know you could have done a couple other little things and you didn't that's what really pisses you off 100 percent agree yeah, yeah. I, yeah i can live with getting beat or if i race well and not doing well but if I don't do well because of like I messed up or something like that, that's Personal what really error. that's what really eats away at me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So you win the trials. You got Beijing that summer. What's the prep like between those two? Uh, it was pretty fun because it was just me, Donnie, and Kyle. We all kind of got along pretty damn good. We all had fun practicing and training, and Kyle always kept everything pretty light, where Donnie kept everything kind of stiff. So we always kind of had a we always had like a good little crew and Donnie or Kyle had Sean and Sean got along with Greg. So we had like a super good, like two month prep and I wasn't stressed out anymore, which made training like more enjoyable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Did you guys say I was so damn stressed before the trials that like once I won, I was like, all right, now it's like, now you can actually (laughs) like enjoy it again. That's funny. That's a big thing. Like, yeah, once you get to that goal of actually knowing you're going, okay, then you can start enjoying the process again. I feel like. Yeah, that that should lead up to it is so damn stressful. It's like, it is. Yeah, you guys know it's brutal. Yeah, even like once the qualifying part is over, you can kind of take a deep breath and then just prepare like any other race, really. Yeah, and it's like, and then you go back into like, all right, you know, start. You know, you just kind of cross the. You know, you just go through your routine and. Just, do the work and it's you have no regrets right you go to the race prepared and it is what it is yeah did you did you guys you, so you guys wrote a lot together like so you did the format for the the trials and stuff in training did you guys do the olympic format as well leading up to beijing uh we kind of did a little bit because we knew we knew the formula the format but it was it was like spread over two days and we were only going to do four laps a day max. So it's like, we kind of ended up just doing on our full lap days. We did four laps to the, like with that same amount of time, but nothing, not, I wasn't nearly like time sensitive as I was for trials. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You guys all, so you guys would do your laps together and get along with that all fine. Yeah. yeah, We, yeah. For me, the three of us, we got along real good. That's cool. And we, we'd always do our training together. We'd always, you know, if someone had a flat, we'd wait till, because to be honest with you, I mean, doing laps by yourself. It sucks. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can do it with a couple other guys and they're all motivated like you are, it, it makes, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, it, just it, just sucks me. it sucks being the guy getting third all day, but <laughs> we, all, yeah. we all had, we all had a couple of those days. So it was kind of, yeah. was what it was. I think that's cool because I felt like nowadays it's like people have their coaches and they only ride with the people that work with their coaches. Like you guys were the USA team, different coaches, but you guys all rode together and worked together. I think that's pretty cool. 
But that wasn't until that wasn't until we were on the team. Like yeah, sure. It was. We kind of all did our own thing. Everyone was like, you know, wouldn't show up to the gym until you know everyone was gone. Was <laughs> yeah. But once it was the three of us, we kind of we kind of all sat down and just like, hey, we gotta, you know, we gotta make this. You know, we got two months. Let's let's have fun at least. You know, so we we and I kind of. It's much easier to do it when you. Not saying I didn't respect everyone else, but I I those two guys are pretty damn good. So I, I kind of, I, I, I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So when you got to Beijing, did you feel really confident after having to win the trials and stuff? Like, did you feel like you could win or do really well there? Obviously. I did. I, I, like, I, yeah, I thought I could win. I was pulling right then. Yeah. Did you really believe that you could win that race? I did. Yeah. I, I never said that to anyone, but yeah, I did. I, yeah, I did think I could win that one. Yeah. Cause like the, the month leading up to it, I was, I was, I was light in practice up, <laughs> and and I could say that because I never, I never was pulling like first straight even pulling, and I was that that month that like six month period I was pulling. Yeah, yeah, man, you were so fast at the Olympics. Your first straights, you're on fire. Your whole shot like yeah. every lap, and and like, yeah, that shit still pisses me off, kind of honestly. <laughs> Cause yeah, I mean, obviously Maris was fucking a machine, crazy fast, but yeah. I thought I, I thought I had something for him that day. Yeah, and it's man, you won almost every lap except you lost the last semi, right? Yeah, and I'm not gonna try to put King out here, but I'm going to. <laughs> he doesn't listen anyway. Nah, he listen. <laughs> so I won the three quarters, and then I won the first two semis. And King, like I remember this vividly, going up for the main, going up for the uh, the final semis. Like, All right, good job, man! You're already qualified. Like mathematically, you're in the main. And I'm thinking, like, all right, cool. Like that was, you know. And then, I, I mean, not that it's saying that was like, like I didn't need to know that right then. Yeah, it's not like the best thing to say, probably. Yeah, it was like I think he did it like thinking that he was helping me out. Like, all right, dude, you're in the mind, you're in the main. Like this, like everything you worked for, you're gonna at least have a chance for it. Yeah. But like, I needed to light that fucking lap up. Yeah, because yeah. that's the most important one to get lane one in the main. Yeah, and I and I cheesed and just and I I think I got third or fourth that lap. Or, yeah, I don't remember, actually. I think I got third that lap. But uh, and then I ended up getting gate four. But you know, no, I mean. Not saying that was- I always heard you clicked super well with the uh, the Chula Beijing track. When you got to Beijing and rode that one, was it the same? Were you feeling that one as well as you were the other one? Uh, yeah, but it was way smaller. Really? That, yeah, that track, the actual Beijing Olympic track was super tiny compared to our our track. Okay, that's why I always like. I love that everyone's like, I'm gonna build a replica track. It's like, why? <laughs> yeah. they're, ne- they're never the same. They're never. Th- it's so fucking dumb. <laughs> as long as you get, as long as you get the hill to the first jump, like the same amount of pedals. Like if you're at that level and can't figure out the track, I mean, you got issues. So that's our sport these days, eh? You know? People just ride the same. They got to ride the exact same track. It's the only way they're gonna be good. I know. That's. I just think it's crazy. It's like yeah. you're you're never gonna build a replica track anywhere no. damn anywhere close to the original. So it's like why bother? Right. So. Once you get, were you feeling pretty calm and confident in the main, even with lane four and Maris on inside that you could still win? Yeah, I did. And like the first, the first turn was like, 
it just apex really tight. Like I remember this like lane one, you had to like kind of slow up a little bit because I was lane, I was running lane one all day, and uh, you had to slow up because the the turn was like a lot tighter than it looked. So then I'm in lane four and I and I got out pretty good and I'm I'm I obviously I knew he was going to be pulling, and I'm elbow to elbow with him and I run a little bit wider arc into the first turn because I'm not inside. And I came out of that first corner faster than I had all, you know, the last two days. Of course, yeah. And I overshot that step up by, like, two feet. And that's – if I could take anything back my whole career, I would have hit that landing perfect. Oh, wow, yeah. If I would have hit that landing perfect, I think I could have maybe at least gave it a little bit better effort in the turn two, but I was too far back. Oh, I straight up agree. So, yeah, going to the second turn, it looked like on TV it could have gone for it. Did you think about it? Uh, Well, yeah, I did for about – you know, yeah, obviously. I knew I knew it wasn't gonna work. Yeah, you didn't have the and space. It, yeah, and it's like, do I get second or do I get eighth? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there just wasn't enough room, so, huh? There was, yeah, and he he played a good kind of like he he was cutting over as he should, and but fu- if I hit that fucking landing, good. Oh, you would have smoked I, him. <laughs> I think I I think I would have got him a little. You know, I mean, I I swear to God, I've watched that second straightaway like. 500 times it's funny one jump like that it's crazy how it can like yeah you 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 hit that one jump a completely different story into that second turn i remember watching the main two obviously on tv i thought you're gonna pass him into the second turn yeah and i i just came out of that first corner way faster than i had all day and 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 i was on some hype (laughs) and i just and i just over gassed that jump yeah what a, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, seriously. Obviously, I'm sure you were stoked with silver medal, but were you a bit disappointed not to win at that point? Um, I remember crossing the finish line, like, looking at Donnie, and he's like, oh, you know, and I'm thinking, like, I felt like that was the only time before or after that I had felt that good at a race. And uh, I remember being, like, slightly pissed for about an hour not pissed, but like just replaying it a bunch. Yeah, yeah. And then like you get kind of carted away, and you're starting to do all these interviews. And I'm talking to my dad, and I'm just like, and then you realize like, what the fuck? What am I mad at? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I got a fucking metal. Olympic medal riding a kid's bike. What the hell am I <laughs> pissed off about? Yeah. First. So then you kind of put things in perspective, and it's like a year ago I I wasn't even supposed to be on this team, and now I beat all the Americans. So it's like. I was I was bummed for a little bit, but then after that, I was you know then you like you put things in perspective and see what's actually real, and then you think it's pretty damn cool. And you realize what you accomplished and how big it really is. Yeah, because yeah. at first, obviously, it's just a race, and you're just pissed you didn't win or get the maybe specific result you get. But then you probably realize after the magnitude of what you actually accomplished. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, I think anyone, I mean, you guys know the feeling. It's like when everything is clicking and and you kind of messed one thing up, you're going to dwell on it for a quick second and then you're, you'll yeah. be over it. It's like yeah. 99.9% went perfectly well, just one thing. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, I mean. So, after but, that, okay, go on. What? What's that? Go on, you're good. Go ahead, yeah. No, no, I'm just saying, like, it's 
crazy to think that I was that close to Maris because he he turned into be a damn freak after that. <laughs> yeah, that was like I mean he had done well at the World Cup that that year, almost won couple, but that was just the start of his coming out party. Seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then it, and then it was like, cool, thanks for showing up, I'm winning. Open the fl- <laughs> open the floodgates right there. I'll never forget yeah. the one thing he told us. We're at a race in Texas and we're sitting with uh, oh Jason God. in the pits. And he, 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 I don't know what we were talking about. We're, we're like we're asking what World we're, Cups yeah, he was going to go to yeah. and when we're going to go to. And he looks at us. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I, like, I like to win one World Cup a year. So I'll go to that one. <laughs> <laughs> like just straight up matter of fact. He was like, yeah, you know, I like to win one World Cup a year. Yeah. <laughs> God, it must be nice. Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah. But uh, after you did get the silver medal, did life change at all for you? No. I, I, not, not really. It? No. No. Yeah. No. I mean... We're not Colombian. I got, I he's not Colombian. <laughs> Didn't turn into a super. Yeah, star. I got a couple, a couple pay raises and stuff like that, but it wasn't <laughs> like drastically different. I mean, more than. No, it didn't change. You didn't get a big bonus. <laughs> no, I. But I remember in uh, 2012 when US, USA Cycling's like putting out the press release, 100 grand for first and all this stuff. I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> kind of crazy like it's so dependent on what country you're from like you could get an olympic medal in the u.s or canada and your life wouldn't change but then some other country like you, the whole country knows your name mm-hmm. yeah but i mean you would do it regardless right so of course yeah, yeah of course yeah, of course so. Uh, so after the obviously after beijing and stuff you get a medal the next year in adelaide at the world's and you race for a few more years but you had some back problems in like 20 what year was that you had uh back problems like, I, I remember after 08, I was like, all right, I've hated on USA BMX for my whole career because the tracks were sucked. I'm going to put my head down and see if I can try to, like, be somewhat in contention in 09. And I started off the year good. I was leading double A points through, like, June. And, wow. uh, and my back just started just hurting every, like – it just became like all I thought about was like back pain and like doing, and I always thought it was like, you know, you're, you're, it's the BMX back. You're doing gates your whole life. Like you're fine, you know, go get a chiropractor massage. You're, you're fine. You're straight. But it just never went away. And then I remember being at the gold cup East and like, it was like North South Carolina or something like that. And I remember practicing and like going so slow like you know those days where it's just like you f- you feel like you're pulling a tire around the first straightaway. Yep. And I and like everything hurt. Like I'm holding my breath out of the gate. I got moto it's Saturday. Called called you know Expedia. Got a flight home. Didn't race Sunday. I was at the airport at like six a.m. Flew home. I went to the chiropractor and like started doing treatment because there's a world cup that next week in Chula and I wanted to, I wanted to be, I wanted to go good there. And, uh, and I just, it just, my back consumed me. It was just like never ending pain. And like, I'm trying like neoprene wraps around my stomach for game practice. And then like, finally at the end of 2010, I started seeing doctors and, and then it just kind of became apparent that I had a bit bigger of an issue. Yeah. And you got surgery and stuff, right? Yeah. So I went to a few doctors and every, like, I remember this one guy, I was with my girlfriend then, my wife now, and we we're sitting there 
and he's looking at my MRI and he's like, he's like, you have a, you have an Olympic medal. I was like, yeah. He's like, I'd, I'd count your, I'd count it and call it quits and just live a normal life. Wow. Like, well, that's not really the answer I was looking for, bud. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it, he said it was such a straight face and so like easily, he said it so easy that it like super pissed me off. And I remember turning like white as a ghost and almost like becoming like kind of breaking down and crying a little bit like, fuck. Like, yeah, it's not what you want to hear. No. So then I was like, oh, I'm not taking that. So I went to a couple more doctors and uh, one guy's like, you know, take these muscle relaxers. And it's like, well, that's not sustainable. I'm 24 years old. <laughs> so then I found uh, a doctor. Um, that was through the USOC and now he, now he's the head Red Bull doctor, but he, uh, he put a fake artificial disc in my lower back. He cut me through my abs and put a disc in my back. And that was 2010 and I'm almost 10 years later and I have no, no issues. Thank God. Man, wow. I'm glad I worked. Wow. Yeah. Must've been, yeah. hell, must've been hell those couple years. Back pain's awful. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it ended up being like, two years i mean because after i got the surgery i didn't race for like another almost 10 months and then it was like six months six or seven months before that and then like you know three months before that where i was just sucking so it was just like a almost like a two-year span of like being slightly depressed anyone that has back pain knows like it's it consumes you yeah. and i remember like pulling like the trash bag out of my trash can in my kitchen and, you know, you're leaning over to pull it up, and I just spasmed and, like, fell to the ground. Oh, my God. And, like, I couldn't feel my toes at times. It was just, and then I'm trying to do gates and, like, do sprints. Like, we're, it's like, what, what the hell am I doing? So, I never really got into how gnarly it was, but that, it, it was brutal. What was the actual, uh, like, injury in the back? What did they say? I didn't hear that. My disc, it was just... My lower back, my disc was just kind of gone. They were almost there was just minimal disc left. Okay. So they they just put a they jack they kind of jack you up and put a fake one that pivots on a ball. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I'm pretty. I got some. My X-rays are quite wild, but <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. But yeah. now it's like I don't even think about my back. Obviously, I don't do gates anymore, which just helps. True. But I. Uh, I can't thank that guy enough, man. He changed my life for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. You're not deadlifting the house anymore these days, are you? <laughs> no, no. I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen a squat rack since my BMX days. <laughs> How nice is that? God. I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy yoga. Fuck I'm you. just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tori was about to agree I was with you. Like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, so, back's always, my back's always tight. I know. It's fucking... It is, it's frustrating. I think just all the years of heavy lifting is just so brutal for your back. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, doing a gate with like the same pedal forward. Oh, it's probably terrible. Every, yeah. It's the worst movement ever. And, you know, and I'm tall too. So it's like, I'm a, like a hunchback a little bit. Yeah. the so It just didn't work out for me, but I mean, yeah. And then trying to like all of a sudden, you know, go from never training to like trying to be trying to like compete with those guys down the first straightaway. I probably over, overdid myself there for a little while. Yeah. How much gym did you do those days that time? 
like getting ready for the Olympics, I was just like a regular meathead. <laughs> <laughs> like the same thing that everyone else is doing, like trying to lift the fucking gym off the, the foundation, right? Yeah, lift it up and move it over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't very strong, but I was, I, I was trying. Yeah, that's fair. Got anything else for the quick shots? Yeah, how long did you work with Greg for? Um, uh, probably like four years, three or four years. Okay. Yeah. Was he the only coach you worked with, really, throughout your career? Yeah, I I know I worked with James at the end there when okay. I kind of came back from my back, mm-hmm. and then uh, but that just James, but that was only like after after trials. We I just kind of did my own thing. Yeah, that's right. Did you prefer one over the other? Um, I think they both had their own, like, per, like, Greg was, like, really good at building you up. He's a good like, hype man? Build, not, like, building you up like your, like your engine, but just, like, on race day, he was, like, a great motivator. Yeah. And then uh, James was real quiet, but he, he was so, he, like, muscle-wise and, like, body and and like textbook, the guy was crazy smart. Mm, that's cool. And I kind of liked, I liked, you know, they both had different qualities that I, I enjoyed. Yeah. My only other uh, question was, okay, your bike setup. Did you ever ride uh, a crazy bike setup for your height, or was it always pretty stock? <laughs> uh, when you're when you're hurt for a couple years, you kind of start thinking of some weird shit. And uh, <laughs> I I built that OS twenty. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, th- I still to this day, I don't know why people aren't doing that. I think that that bike would be so good on a supercross track. Really? Yeah. If you could get like light wheels, because I had, because they were such a weird ass size. I had like these triple walled rims that were heavy as hell. <laughs> but if you could get like a carbon, like do a real light carbon wheel set on that, I, I, I still think that bike would be so good on a supercross track. Huh. Well, I think a lot of people think it'll be slower out of the gate because those bigger wheels. Yeah, that's why I think you would have to go like just you know radial lace and crazy light, and I and I think you know it would take some time. But like Nick Kidman, obviously I think the kid's a damn freak as it is on any bike, but he's tall and strong as hell. So I think that bike, I'd love to see him ride one. Man, you'd be hauling ass on the first straight on one of those things. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine him like pedaling in the air on the first jump of pop and all? It'd be over. Like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, just pick, take an OS twenty and pick eight and let it eat. Yeah. I, my, I was always like, my thought was I'd be scared to butt scuzz. Yeah, on some jumps, like yeah, hitting your ass yeah. on your tire. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. And I used to do that on my twenty inch a lot, like yeah. on my regular side. So that that was always kind of a concern for me too. I was like, I think you're gonna have to start putting fenders on it, and it's gonna look too gay. <laughs> 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 oh, that'd look terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that would look uh, awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we got some. Uh, we have a quick shot. Something we call the quick shot segment, Mike. So we got a lot of questions from fans for you. So just answer like basically just short answers, whatever comes to mind. All right. Uh, okay, we'll go for this one first. Bad Brody BMX says, "What do you think about the kids twelve and under have to wear flats now for worlds?" I think it's great. Teaches kids how to ride a bike properly. Yeah, I agree with that. Kids nowadays need to remember that. Yeah, it's like you don't have to, you know, do sprints. You can actually go to the trails and go to the pump track and ride the skate park on flat pedals, and it actually ends up working out in the long run. I, I promise you. Yeah. From David Bittner, 
What did Mike tell his buddies before he raced the trials in 08? <laughs> I called those guys and said, I'm, I'm, I'm about to light this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Oh, I like it. I like it. Uh, well, watch here, boys. Here's a free lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this one's from uh, 15 BMX. It says, pumpable first jump on a supercross track, dot, 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 yes, or what the fuck. So, what do you think about that? I, I, I'm, in, I'm into it. If I could pull manual a first jump on a supercross track, I would. Alright, well, that's all we have for you, Mike. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be honest, dude, I saw something on Instagram a couple days of Kai White doing it, and I think uh, I think he's he's a sleeper. Yeah, he's yeah he's legit. Yeah. He's legit. Yeah, kid's got some fucking skills. Yeah. He reminds me of Mike Day. Yeah, he's got, he's got, I, I see, I see him. And, I mean, I see a lot of myself right when I watch him ride. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, from at the real stick man, neck brace, his thoughts. Seems like his riding style changed when he rode in one. Um, yeah, I don't, looking back. Everyone was kind of getting hurt and all this crazy stuff, and you're reading all these things. And it was like right around the time I was having back issues, so I was like already mentally kind of fried. So, yeah, I think I probably wouldn't have done it now, but uh, at that point, I kind of thought it was a good idea. So, yeah, he's probably got a good point there. Uh, this is a quick one from Cautious103 Traditional BMX or Supercross? Supercross. Um, first I'm sifting through some of these questions. We had a well, to be honest with you, I think you can make a good, I think you can make a good track without having a supercross hill. Yeah. Like, I don't think you have to have this big ass hill to make a good track. I just think like Victoria worlds is, I think still the best normal track we've ever raced. Mm-hmm. Did you like the hill though? Like, did you, you like the supercross hill though? Yeah. No. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like the hill. Cause I just like the speed that you can build like big, bigger jumps and stuff like that. But all these guys are strong enough and fast enough. You can, you know, you can make the same jumps with a, with a normal hill. It just, you got to make a good track and not these lame magic tracks that these guys ride all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. I mean, the worlds in Victoria were awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People got to remember that you don't need to build a supercross, right? You can build a good size, normal track. You'll be fine. Well, I think for local, you- I think for local tracks, it's better just to, to, to build a normal track. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Agree. You don't need a supercross hill. I think. No. no Cause then you, you teach the kids good skills on a hard track and then the supercross track becomes easy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Or easier. I mean, you got to get over the fear of going down it in that speed for a while. But that's sure. that comes with this time. But even like that race Jay Miron put on, that had a normal hill and a yeah. good track. Yeah, the ERA race, yeah. 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 You um, can do it. You just got to, yeah, not, not, uh, uh, not needed. I'll, keep, I'll, qu- I'll quit bashing. <laughs> From at Hugo Oliveira 51, in your opinion, How's the BMX sport changed in all the years since your beginning, and which way do you think it's going to go in the future? I mean, like we talked about earlier, it's a bit uh, it's a bit scientific nowadays. I mean, I wouldn't say scientific, like, but just everyone is training to go to the Olympics. It's like I th- I think you got to like sometimes take a step back and you're trained to be 
be fast because you like riding your bike. I think a lot of things are been taken out of the process of enjoying it before you like set this astronomical goal that's like highly unachievable sometimes. Yep. If that yeah. makes any damn sense, I think you got to have fun with it. And when you have fun with it, then that's when you can start uh, start making bigger goals. All right, this one's from uh, the Berm Academy from Jason Carnes. He asked a bunch, oh, but we're going to go with, the uh, I think, the best one of the bunch here. Jason says, do you remember the time he drove you and Bubba Harris to the trails <laughs> in Salt Lake City? And he I says, saw that on Instagram. <laughs> he goes, and the chubby girl flashed her boobs along the way. You were 15 or 16, and based on the reaction, it was the first time you'd seen any. <laughs> I remember that chick was huge, too. <laughs> and Carnes was just talking her up and talking her up, and, you know, he probably didn't have a shirt on. <laughs> of course not. He never did. Doesn't sound like Jason at all. But, uh, yeah, I remember that. That was pretty damn funny. And we ended up riding the best set of trails in Utah that night. But, uh, yeah, I remember that. If we had a segment on the show that was just Jason's story time, would that, would that be entertaining? Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I, I'm, sure his, I'm sure he, he, you'd have to get the PG-13 version of it because I'm sure he gets, <laughs> he gets a little above, above my threshold for sure. From at fast 2008 what three things are an important part of your race day routine? Um, three things. Um, I know you're a huge golfer. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'll, like me and my dad always watched golf growing up. I always loved like watching golf and I always good men. <laughs> and I always like tripped out cause I sucked at golf, but I love playing it of how, like the pressure of a good golf shot. And I always talked about like, could you imagine coming up to 18th at Augusta, yada, yada. But those guys, like they have the same routine, every golf swing. Yeah. Like you watch them and it is the exact same. They do the same practice, the same thing. So like my last couple of years racing, I tried to like get a same, same routine, same warm up, same, same thing before my, before I would go. It's the same thing I tell myself before the fell clap my hands, you know, I did the same thing. And I think, I think that's, you know, you got to kind of find out what works for you, but that's kind of what I, I did for me, you know, and I don't know if it works, but I just wanted to have that routine. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Right, this is another funny one <laughs> from Nick Long 64. It says, tell us about the time y'all witnessed Aaron Johnson get hit with a chair at the downstairs club in SD. <laughs> Of course, Nick would come up with some stupid shit. <laughs> of course, um, he's got all the party stories. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> I don't even know how it started, but all of a sudden, me and Nick are sitting there. We turn around, and Aaron's getting, you know, blasted like he's in the WWF out of some <laughs> guy. And I guess he was mouthing off to him, and and uh, and then he ran out, and <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was entertaining, but. Uh, We'll move on from that one. <laughs> uh, from at Andre Lacroix, what was your gear ratio at the 2008 Olympics? Uh, forty six seventeen. I ran that for like ten years. One eighties or seventy fives. One eighties. Damn. All right. With Tioga, Tioga rear tire or what tire? Uh, I switched between a Maxxis and a Tioga, but they're all the smaller one. So yeah. the, the gear ratio is actually pretty small. Yeah, it is pretty small. Yeah. 
All right, this one's from uh, PatMac84. What was the biggest key to your success in, in Elite? Um, honestly, I think it was, I th like, my younger, like, teenage years riding trails and skate parks and, and spending a lot of time, like, my high school time, I rode more trails and skate parks than I did the track. Oh, wow. And I think... Uh, I think it kind of kept me fresh, got my skills really good, and and it just I liked riding my bike, so I got you know what I mean. Like I didn't, I wasn't worried about ink times and you know being able, to, you know, pedal manual the double into the first turn or whatever the hell these guys do now. <laughs> um, I just, I yeah, I just think like not focusing so much on training at a young age helped. Yeah, I agree. It yes. keeps you fresh growing up. and Yeah, like we both did other sports growing up. I think a lot of times kids are uh, specializing in just BMX and doing a lot of training stuff too early in their in their life. Like be a kid or be a young teenager. Yeah, and then you get burned out and it's just, yeah, I think, and then you don't enjoy it. Then You're yeah. not going to get anything out of training if you don't enjoy doing it. Agreed. I was, yeah, go on. It's fine. What were you saying? I was going to say, I always look at my age and like I was never a top guy growing up in the u.s like I, I couldn't compete with those guys but all those guys that i looked up to in my own age class that i raced none of them are racing today it's crazy i yeah, think they yeah. started that age of where like they were forced forced to train to do well so that's crazy yeah yeah um from at jobbert underscore reyes right now who do you think is going to podium in the 2020 games men and women Ooh, i got about five I, i'm gonna do five guys all right. Um, I think, given that he won the last one, he knows what it takes, Connor. Uh, I think Nick Kinman's on another level at the moment. Mm -hmm. And he's got, like, it doesn't matter if he's fourth in the first turn. That dude, he's got that Bubba track speed. Um, Joris, if he can come back healthy. And then uh, I, I love watching uh, Sylvain ride. Mm-hmm. That dude's got crazy heart. He might not be the fastest guy, but he always gets in there. He's a great racer, tactical mm -hmm. dude. I love watching him ride. And I think Kyle White might have some. Yeah. Hard to disagree, yeah. Yeah. What about women? Uh, um, I think Elise is on another level. I think everyone, I mean, obviously I think Mariana could beat her, but I think, well, what's going on with her? Um, she, she was out all of last year with a pretty bad knee injury. So this year she's just basically getting back into form. She's not even at a hundred percent yet. Okay. So she'll be pulling by the time that comes around. I would think so. Yeah. 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 I think it'll be between those two and then maybe Caroline, if she decides to, to focus on, I don't know what she's, she's kind of dabbling in a little bit of everything, but I, I would just think, I think those three and then maybe Felicia, she can kind of. Get, get on the right path, I guess. I mean, I guess she won both days last weekend, though, right? Yep. yep. Four would be my picks. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, next one. This is from Hasselt65. He says, what was the most fun thing to do in your pro career? <laughs> uh, most fun thing? Cut people off. <laughs> I was usually getting cut off. <laughs> I don't know. We'll come back to that one. Let me think about that one. 
From Sylvain Andre, how much did he make in 2008? <laughs> <laughs> Probably more than they're making now. <laughs> uh, there more questions. We have more? Any good ones? Mm-mm-mm. Somebody asked what your top tooth length was on your bike. I was 21 and a half most of my most of my career, and then the last couple of years I was 22. Yeah, nothing crazy. Not crazy. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. That's all we have for you. Sweet. Thanks, guys. Man, really appreciate it. It was really fun to talk to you about your career, and just good to hear from you, man. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are heading out this way. Are you guys doing any races in California this year? No, they don't race at all in California anymore. No, I think the next time we'll be down there is for Nick's, yeah. Nick's wedding, actually. Yeah, we're going to Nick's wedding and be in November. But my, girl, okay. my, my girlfriend lives in San Diego, so I'm there all the time. All right. What's, yeah. your, what's your deal? Are you What's your what's your plan here? Uh, I got a pretty bad concussion at the Worlds last year, so I've just been recovering from it. But I'm back riding and stuff, so. Uh, are you going to make a, an Olympic bid? Or what? I'd like to. I'd like to, yeah. I'd like to. But we'll all see. Right. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, it's been a long process, but yeah, back riding and feeling pretty good again, so we'll see how right, she goes. All right, cool, man. Well, thanks for thanks for having me. I'll uh, chat you guys later. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks good to talk to Mike. All right, later, bud. Later. Later. Oh, Mike Day. Unbelievable. That was a hell of a convo. God, what a legend. I know. Oh, of, he's, he's one of my favorites of all time. I just caught myself being a fan for a lot of the point of that conversation. Yeah, well, fuck, this, he's got so many, like, I wouldn't say stories, but so many interesting things throughout his career that, like... It's just interesting to know about. Yeah, and especially, like, he was the rider, like, when I was a kid growing up, he'd be racing Bubba and those guys in AA, and they just seemed, like, you know, so fast. When you're a young kid, you're watching the pros, they just look so fast. It's like, how the hell are they doing what I they're know. doing? Yeah. And for me, like, I was never in an age where I knew Bubba, or, sorry, knew Mikey at all, knew him, so, like, all the stuff I was hearing was, like, news and new information. I think that's really cool for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have raced Mike. Yeah, that's la- my first few years of Elite, I raced Mike 11, 12, 13, and probably a bit of 14. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's kind of cool because, like, when I first got into Elite, my first few years, I got to race, like, Mike and Bubba and Bennett and those guys. That's pretty badass. It's really cool, yeah. When I mean, those are, like, legends of the sport now. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, like, at the time, obviously, you don't think anything of it. You just come into Elite. But, yeah, I raced, like, Kalen and... Mike and Bubba and I don't know. That's a guys. different. That's a different era than now. Yeah. I'm actually pretty stoked I got to race those guys because yeah. a lot of the elite class now they just they just know their name probably. You it, know, people like, that don't know them first of all, and it pisses me off. How the fuck can you not know Mike Day, Bubba, Harris, Kyle, Kyle Bennett? Bennett? Yeah, like those. How the hell can you not know them? Those guys had some of the like the best style. They rode their bikes better than anybody else in the world. It's insane. I know. Yeah. So I'm pretty stoked I got to race them. But man, it was cool. It was so fascinating to hear them talk about the trials and. The Olympics and stuff, because everyone like kind of knows that he did that kind of stuff. But well, here's the thing: I had no idea until you wrote it in the script. Oh, really? So this is like I knew he won the trials. Yeah, I knew yeah. everything about the Olympics. I had no idea he skipped the worlds. I had no idea he knew that that was his shot. Yeah. And that he went in there as prepped as did, and he. Dominated. Yeah, yeah. Like it was kind of like known, I guess. Like people like yeah, people knew here for the through the grapevine or whatever. But yeah. to actually hear him talk about it and stuff. Oh, badass. I love that he phoned his buddies and was like, I'm about to light this thing up. <laughs> hey, you boys coming to watch? I'm about to light these guys up. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to light this thing up. Oh, your man. penis has got to be big to do that oh, kind of that move. That is so badass. <laughs> Imagine just going to a trials and be like, yeah, guys, I'm going to light these fools up I'm right now. I'm going to light this shit up. <laughs> but man, like, how could you not feel that way, though, when you do the prep like that? And you know what? To be honest, I think a lot of us lack that kind of prep for races. I feel like we don't do so. that kind of stuff. I feel like we could do that stuff more. You think so, hey? Yeah, I feel like we could do... 
like going into big race, we could do the like we kind of do, but we kind of don't at the same time. Like we could do the exact format. I know we have at times, like before Baku, we did before. Yeah, but we stuff, don't do it often. We should do it more, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why we don't. It's dumb. Uh, I got. I told you today. Like I feel like I've been doing the same thing over and over a little bit, and I don't know. Simulate a schedule. Change things up. Try because. We, we all just do our efforts and maybe do a full lap here and there, do a few full laps, the time a break here and there. But we're, when's the last time you simulated like a World Cup day or like a World Champ day even? Quick side note, I don't know why, but it keeps stopping recording and I have to hit record again. So people, if there's like a few little choppy bits or breaks, it's, I don't know why the program's doing this, but it, it's just kind of is what it is. So We, we have so many people listening right now. It was right a great podcast, <laughs> so just fucking deal with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like honestly, I don't know why we don't do that more often. Like yeah. we, we have a bit. And I remember before Rio I did in Chula. Like, we did in Chula before people Rio. People do it for the Olympics, yeah. yeah and, like, but I feel like that's a little World easier nowadays yeah. uh, in the sense that like, let's be real, for the Olympics, it's three three races one day for the other. Yeah. If you try to simulate a World Cup day, I guess, what are you supposed to do? Race, wait two hours, race another one, wait an hour, and then go bang, bang, boom, and do like four laps. Like, is that what you're going to do on a training day? Why not? I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, why not? Okay. Like, we could. Why It would not? take a while, but I guess why not? But what else you got to do? <laughs> True, that is your day. You're there yeah, to train, right? Like, you, you plan your days around training. It's kind of a hassle in a sense, but it's our fucking job, so why wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, no, I guess there's no true. reason at like the end of a week on a Saturday when everyone's doing full laps or longer efforts typically, why not do that? Just, yeah. just have a day. Yeah. It'll yeah, be a, it'll be a less shock to you don't have to do it obviously too you can't really do it like twice a week every week realistically no, no, you can't no, no, do that'd that that'd be but a lot even like if you did it once every two weeks or something on a Saturday did the entire format how often do we even ride two days back to back dude we should more we honestly should more we a should lot. more yeah I, I maybe people in Europe do this more but in North America it's not a common thing no, for us to not. go back to back days of riding because everyone's so worried about the gym and all this stuff yeah he, oh wait, here's a rant okay so we're okay not, so we're <laughs> ranting. <laughs> So here's another rant. Go for it. So people, we're not fucking weightlifters. The gym is a tool to go fast. Sprints mm-hmm. are a tool to go fast. Yeah. I always got, I've always been annoyed when it's like, okay, our goal is to lift fucking 200 kilos in the gym. Who gives a fuck? We do, we're not weightlifters. Our, our goal is to go fast on the track. Mm-hmm. So however you have to use your tools to go fast, so be it. But I don't think gym and that kind of stuff should take precedence to the track. I think it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it depends who you are. I don't know. Like somebody that has a lot of track skill already, do you think they should be in the gym more? Do you think they should continue what yeah, they're doing? It's a tool adds... to go fast in the track. Okay. So the goal already... should... God, I don't know why it's stopping recording every five seconds. Okay. So just keep going. But okay. So the goal... Yeah. Why is the goal to lift more? The goal should be, always be to, to go faster. Yeah. But I guess people think if they go to the gym that they can lift more and go faster yes, instead of, of course. riding more. I know. Of course. Indirectly. But my point being... Like I get that. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. But we... people with people too much presence... On the gym. Just like, no, we gym. can't ride two days and we got to do cleans tomorrow. It's like, yeah, what, yeah. what? No, it's true. We're BMX races, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just think about it now. Like, I can't tell you the last time I rode two days in a row for training. Yes, for races, we do it all the time. So we do get that normally. Like, we do that and we should be used to that from races. But in training, like, when's the no. last time I rode two days back to back? I always do the same we thing. Should, we should. Gym track, gym track, gym. Like, we just, whatever. We should always do it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Maybe we should. We need to get another coach on board and talk this shit through. Yeah, let's get Liam back on board and instead of talking about his, we covered his career. But we should talk about coaching with Liam. Yeah, why don't we get a couple coaches on? Yeah, we'll get why Liam not? and uh, who's another good coach we get on? You know what? I'd like to talk to Thomas. I was just gonna say Ali. Yeah, we should get Ali on. He's one Alfie. Alfie's hauling ass me these days, but he also, I thought for some reason, it seemed like he did a good job at bringing riders up that were kind of unknown. Let's say. Yeah. Maybe didn't have the skills on the bike because he used to work at the UCI Center. Yeah. So. 
be. Yeah. So I asked him one time, Thomas, if you listen to this ever, I asked you, you kind of were like, just brushed it off because you're like, people don't want to listen to you. We want to listen to Dude, you. Dude, people would love to hear from We Thomas. would love to hear yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Good show. Yeah. All right. Thanks, ProGet Europe, Berm Academy, Motorsheets.com. Thanks to the sponsor of the show. You guys really keep us rolling. You put here. a roof over our head, food on the table. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was your dad, Greg. He barbecued tonight. He did barbecue. <laughs> Thanks, G-Reg. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next week. See you later.